Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. Hey there, hi there, ho there, sports fans. Welcome back. You're listening to the Sports Buzz, the podcast where we talk sports and get our buzz on. And as always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, the delicious, Strangeland Brewer. A beer for every, any, and all occasions. Yes, indeed. Uh, We enjoyed some smooth Oktoberfest earlier, Ballad. Tis the season. Looks like we're going to try this nice headless gentleman, though. Uh, A nice imperial bourbon pumpkin porter, if you will. Yeah, it's uh, limited release cans. First time being enjoyed on the Sports Buzz. Thank you, Coach. And uh, we're drinking it in celebration of Dale and Chad not being here. Absolutely. uh, Fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, Dale and Chad not in studio. I'm your host, Coach. uh, And that's my boy, Ballad, producing the show, punching all the buttons. Uh, He brought our boy, Hank, with him. Howdy, fellas. Yeah. What's up, Hank? Uh, And I brought some friends with me, Ballad. You've been gone for a little while. I know you got back last week, but I wasn't able to get here. Uh, I had to get another week with Lana in, uh, but I brought her back. She's nice, safe, and sound at home. Uh, and our boy Domingo, the Flamingo, is back in the building. Welcome back, kids. Uh, while Coach pours his stranger, let me tell you about some of the things they've got going on at the brewery. Hey, on, let the kids know. On October 12th, they have a huge Oktoberfest party. There's going to be a polka band. going to be able to buy beer, buy food, and... Uh, if you weren't there last year, then you got to be there this year because it was a blast. Yes, sir. Uh, Strangeland has a lot of different beer release parties over the year. Oktoberfest is hands down my favorite one of the year. So you can you guarantee I'm going to be there and the rest of Sports Buzz will be there as well. Uh, if you don't have to get tickets, you can go there and you can just purchase beers from the tap. Uh, but if you do go, uh, make sure you let them know that the guys from Sports Buzz sent you. Um, also, they have an event on the 29th, a Meet the Founders event. Uh, this one does require a $20 ticket purchase, which gets you beer and food, and you get to meet the makers, the founders, the brewers of the delicious Strangeland Brewery. So that one's on the 29th. Highly recommend that as well. Uh, but be right now looking in stores for their Oktoberfest. Uh, mentioned that we drank it in the pro show. It is delicious. It's got it's the coolest can I've ever it. seen. It's a it's a bright orange can with a uh, lederhosen on it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, buy it for the can. You don't even have to drink it. Although I'd be hard pressed to find anyone who take one sip of these and decide they didn't want to drink it. Uh, but give them a, uh, a follow at Strangeland Brew and again tell them the guys from Sportsbook sent you. Absolutely. So this is the amateur hour coming to you on Friday. Uh, I don't know what that date is, but today is Tuesday, September 18th. Uh, so I would assume it's like the 21st. Something like that. Something. Uh, you an accountant? Hey, I, I dabble in numbers, you know. There you go. Uh, but hey. Tell them about Mountain Breeze Campground. What else we got? Oh, oh, there you go. You're right. Uh, Mountain Breeze Campground and River Outfitter, uh, in New Braunfels on the beautiful Guad. Uh, go check them out. Get your site. Uh, and float the river. It's always nice. Whether it's whether it's fast or slow, the river is always a good time to be on. Absolutely. Uh, Ask and for you, Dale. And you can always take uh, your Strangeland down there and drink them. Uh, and Dale will hook you up for sure. 
Um, but check them out. They're at mountainbreezecamp.com. Uh, and you can give them a call and get your reservation set. Uh, I do know the season is dwindling down. Yeah. Asked to stay, but they're open year-round. Asked to stay in Dale's trailer. They're half price. Yeah, it'll be like MTV Cribs, but not. Yeah, maybe the, the opposite. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't been yet. Maybe. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at SportsBuzzTX. Uh, that looks like everything uh, that was chicken scratched on there. So let's go ahead and get this show started. Let's do it. Let's talk a little show business. A little bit of showbiz. Uh, roll call. Not a chance that everyone is here. Yeah. The most important people are here. Yes. Some would say the best looking people, although as a podcast, maybe not quite as important. But At least the the best named people on the show. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you got the two Z's in the house tonight, and uh, if you listen to the pro show, you know we are having a good time. Uh, I didn't. I didn't let you guys know I'm going to continue keto throughout uh, my life. I'm. Uh, it's no longer a diet for me. It's a lifestyle. But Tuesday nights can be my my strange land nights. Get my, get my beer fix on. What do you get out of it though? Like, I mean, honestly, like uh, gains, dude, gains. No, that, there's, it looks that like the, the last, opposite of gains. That's the last. Well, I gained a lot of weight in Thailand after getting off keto. But uh, <laughs> look, we drug out the keto bit for way longer than we should have. So this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. But I did very well on keto. I lost probably like 18 pounds. Now we're just going to call you our keto than most producer ballad. That that uh, you can workshop that one. You guys are gonna have to. We'll figure it out. That. But we'll uh, find some way to make fun of you and keto. Many have tried, many have failed. Yeah, that's what they say about keto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Chad Dale obviously not here, but uh, this is our 99th episode, which means next week we have our 100th episode. Our our century mark. Our century mark. Many say we wouldn't and make it this far. We're almost at we're almost at two years, Ballad. Like it's all coming up on us so fast. I know. Many <laughs> many said we wouldn't make it this far. No, I not. was one of those people. So even I, Dale has a limit on how far we're gonna make it. Yeah, he's like, nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> as far as we go. So I, I can't imagine we'll make it that long, but uh, it's pretty incredible uh, that we that we made it uh, as long as we did. Although, the, uh, and and maybe it's not that incredible. You know, we get together once a week, drink beer, and, and talk sports things that we love doing, and now have a built-in excuse every week. I'm not sure why anyone would give up the opportunity to to, to weave this into their calendar on a weekly basis. But um, I always am down, dumbfounded why uh, people can't make the podcast. Like this is like. One of my favorite things to do on a Tuesday night. But I understand people have... Well, but you end up here regardless of whether we have a podcast or not. True. For me, I actually have choices to, to make. There there are decision points. The Understood. rain is the worst, the by rain. the way. That's well, the worst decision. Clear you, skies. You pretty much know I'm never going to make that. Clear skies tonight, so I knew you would be here. And uh, glad you are because I wanted to talk to you about a podcast that we both enjoy that is... It's back. It's make. It's back. It's back, baby. RJVP. RJVP. Renamed the, the new RJVP. Uh, JRVP. Dude, and I feel even silly trying to talk about it with you now because you haven't listened to it just yet. But the sound bite they do now when they say JRVP, can't wait to get your thoughts on it next see, week. Now, but see now. I, one of us needs to have a kid so that someone can be the godfather of our child and we can just bring it up every week on the podcast. Well, speaking of that, I sent a tweet out while they were starting to tease a little bit that they might bring back RJVP. And my exact tweet was, <clears throat> I would name my firstborn son, Anthony, um, what's the other guy's name? Greg. Anthony Greg Ballad to bring back RJVP. And not two weeks later, they released their first episode. So I think contractually, I'm uh, I'm obligated to name my first sports son, uh, Anthony Greg Ballad. Well, you know, what? I'll be proud to be the godfather of Anthony Greg Ballad. Yeah, I mean, that that's fine with me. It's only natural. AG. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> AGBP. So. Uh, the Anthony uh, Greg Ballad Project. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, people say that we're a poor man's uh, part of my take. I would way rather be a poor man's RJVP. RJVP. If, yeah, but uh, we can't get censored as much, and that's like half the fun. I know. 
I wish we had an overbearing boss. Yeah. And we're not quite as talented or funny <laughs> or have as much sports knowledge. So, hey, but if there's one thing we share in common, it's that we love this beautiful city, Austin, Texas. Yes. And I'm glad to return to it. As our listeners know, I was out of town for a while. And coach, I got you a gift while I was gone. I saw that on here. I heard about it. Yeah. We all probably know what it is, but here we go. Oh, uh, nice to see. And they neglected to mention this nice green glass. Like this is, that's how you know it's Asian. Yeah, that's how you know. Um, I'm a big fan of tradition. Go out I'm a of fan town, of Chang. Bring home some shot glasses. I'm not a big shot guy, so I brought everyone home uh, the beer glasses. So Chang is like what, like the Miller Light of like of Thailand. Of yeah, yeah, it's like Thailand's number like number one light beer. Yeah, um, which is as, as good as it sounds. Uh, dirt cheap, dirt cheap for uh. A nice uh, 32 ounce Chang. I'm a fan of Asian, like beers from the Orient are of a particular taste, I feel like, but I'm a fan. Uh, Some of the Korean beers that I've had, quality, crisp, clean, simple. There's not a lot to them, but they're they're simple and they go down easy. Yeah, they were, uh, they were very inexpensive. So (laughs) zero, zero, uh complaining from from ballad here um excellent we haven't looked in a minute but our show bet was in real bad shape and then before we started the show it was six one out of nowhere and now it's still six one damn it i was hoping we were going to turn this on and it was going to be oh we're going to hit it ballad we're at seven we took the over eight and a half so we're two runs away from what we need we just started the ninth inning though we're in the top of the ninth uh First batter, not looking so good, 0-2 count, but uh, we will see how this inning turns out. The Braves got to go to bat because they're the home team and they're losing, so hopefully we can get a couple more runs out of this game uh, before we close out this show. Yeah, just want need the Braves to be brave here and, and not quit on us, so uh, let's see uh, a couple more uh, runs on the board. I don't, I don't need you to win, but I need you to, to care about winning. Yeah, <laughs> need you to try. Just enough. Just a little bit. Um, I... I think that is I think that is show business. That's show business. There we go. We did it. Uh we're in the amateur hour and it's college football season. So let's get into week three recap. Let's do it. We had some good games, Ballad. I'm gonna start with number one, Alabama taking on Ole Miss. This was in uh wow, I'm blanking real hard on where Old Miss plays. It's in uh oh my oh, right. Didn't really matter because Alabama won sixty-two to seven. Old Miss How's scores on the first offensive play of the game, and then never ever got close again. Alabama waxes Old Miss in. I don't know. I don't know where they play. Oxford, Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I'm glad we came up with that because that was embarrassing. That was uh, I'm but drink, I, I'm gonna drink for that one. I will say I'll join you after I bring up this story but ballad i don't know if you saw this uh video make its rounds away your internet uh but oxford is actually very famous for tailgates uh the way they pack the the quad in essentially um they have this plot of land that is literally like cubed out for tailgates and it's like tents on tents on tents and it's like a mall of tailgates it's one of the most famous tailgating areas in all of college football uh, but classic rivalries bring out the absolute trashiest in people, uh, and there's a good old-fashioned brawl in the tailgates. What do you think about these old Miss fans getting fired up before the game, fighting Alabama fans, Bell? Hey, good for you guys. Um, At least someone showed a little bit of fight in them. So, yeah, I know, right? Something I know about old Miss tailgates is you're not allowed to have beer at their tailgates. Are you it's, serious? It's all liquor. It's all liquor? All liquor, all wine. So, hence uh, why there was a... Uh, a riot uh, probably around is that a serious rule yeah that's a serious rule that's fucked i know it's crazy uh clemson waxes georgia southern i had a minus 32 clemson ticket on this game (laughs) not enough wax though and they won by 31 so (laughs) thanks tigers thank you uh georgia takes down middle tennessee this one wasn't close either this game was to seven over after one quarter uh, a game that was closer than the score shows. Ohio State comes down to Fort Worth and takes on number fifteen TCU, beats well, them forty to twenty eight. Uh, this was the site of College Game Day. 
Uh, many were upset that TCU decided to have the game at Jerry World rather than have it on campus. They thought that was a big miss for the University of Texas Christian, but uh, Ohio State proves that they are you know, really the real deal. I tell you what's not a miss is probably the 1.5 to 2 million they made in profit off of having the game at Jerry World. So, sure. I think others would say otherwise. Uh TCU looked good early, but I think the thing that everyone was waiting for was to see how Ohio State was going to wear them down, mm-hmm. and they 100% did. Uh Ohio State is once again a college football playoff team to beat. Um and they haven't even had their head coach yet. I say the dude without Urban Meyer, <laughs> he returns in week four uh, to take on a two lane. So <clears throat> tough loss for Gary Patterson's Horn Frogs, but uh, made me worry about our upcoming match with them. Hey, I we'll talk about. I want to say, I mean, hopefully this gives us a a chance to step on step on them while they're down, kick them while they're down. Uh, looks good for UT. I think we could, you know, with the two results of this last weekend. We're going into this weekend with a real shot. Absolutely. Uh, OU has a scare against Iowa State. Uh, only won this one by 10 points, and it was pretty close the whole game. On the road in Ames, um, OU. You know, off to a rough start, but find a way to get a win here. Man, I wouldn't even call it a scare. I think they knew going into this game, Iowa State gives them a lot of trouble, especially when Oklahoma has to travel to Ames. Uh, this game was tied at 17 in the third quarter as well. Uh, and then it just kind of got away from Iowa state a little bit. Um, this was, this was a good, good game, but Iowa state just does not have the firepower that Oklahoma has. Kyler Murray is fantastic. Uh, the receiving core around him, the talent that just surrounds Oklahoma right now is, is fantastic on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, what surprised me about this game is I thought OU was going to come out with some vengeance after they spoiled uh, their season last year. If you remember, Iowa State stole one from OU early in the season. Uh, Matt Campbell, the, the coach at Iowa State, is really, really good. He is doing big things with a talent pool that, uh, frankly, is, I would say, below average within the Big 12. I don't think that's too disrespectful. Um, I think Matt Campbell gets a big, big premier coaching job either uh, this upcoming season or sometime near after. I'm not sure where that is just yet, but uh, Matt Campbell, uh, mark him down as someone who's going to you know, find a way to be a, a coach at a big time program. He's done big things. I mean, they took down TCU as well last year. So, you know, they, they find a way to hang in there with top talent teams. Uh, just enough to give themselves a chance to win ball games. Big upset of the weekend. BYU goes to Madison and takes down number six Wisconsin, twenty-four to twenty-one. This one was ugly for the Badgers. I don't. I don't think anyone should be shocked by this. Now Wisconsin should have won this game. Uh, they had an opportunity to do so, but failed, and BYU took full advantage of that. But this game from the beginning was back and forth, smash mouth, run the ball down the pipe. And BYU was going to hang around Wisconsin and play their kind of football the whole way and Mm -hmm. keep it close. And they absolutely did, and it paid off for them. It was a huge win for BYU. This game reminded me of that meme of two Spider-Man seeing each other. (laughs) Like, BYU is almost an exact replica of Wisconsin with uh, less money and, and more Down. virgins. Um, <laughs> so I I also was not surprised that this game was close. I was surprised at the overall result, but uh, I, you know, the, the I think the most upsetting thing is that this was in Madison, a home game for Wisconsin. So oh, it's that's one that you can't drop, a, you know, and especially when you lose to a like twenty six year old, like God, it's like losing your dad at sports once you've hit puberty. Like you don't do that anymore. Yeah, moving on. LSU beats Auburn twenty two twenty one. We can move on past that game. Man, that was that was a disappointing into what was a pretty good football game, dude. You know what? I the end of the game was so atrocious. the The pass interference call. Um, 
on the on the Auburn cornerback whose name I escapes me, which basically decided the game, put LSU in field goal range, you know, just giving them the option to run the ball and run the clock out was terrible. And what the the really bad part about it was was on the offensive series for Auburn right before the drive for LSU was that Greedy Williams had an atrocious pass interference that did not get called right in front of a ref. If you look at the two plays back-to-back, the Auburn player who was called pass interference makes a play on the ball with his head turned towards the quarterback, and Greedy Williams has his hands all over the Auburn player. Just a terrible way to end a really good football game. Uh, I'd like to see whether or not that ref was on the same sidelines for both of those plays. Don't want to get too conspiracy theory here, but I think uh, the refs won that game for LSU. And but but I will say that Auburn came out so flat, so yeah. flat um, that that interception to start the game by Jared Stidham was terrible. You're at home against a top fifteen team. You can't start the game like that. So Auburn drops, uh, you know, the game by one point. Do uh, you want to hear something heartbreaking? Haley, I, Haley and I didn't wa- did not watch this game together. I was in Dallas. Uh, she was at a Texas tailgate and lost service on her phone and celebrated this win for twenty minutes. Oh no! She had thought that they had won the game until someone came up and ruined her weekend. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I had to drive back to Dallas from Dallas, but. Um, moving on. <laughs> had to say so long, Andrew. I got to deal with something. Notre Dame escapes Vanderbilt at home, twenty-two seventeen. I gotta ask: Is Notre Dame really bad, or is Vanderbilt pretty good? Vanderbilt is two and one on the year too. They almost stole a three and zero start to the year. I I don't think Vanderbilt is that good. I also don't think Notre Dame is that good. They they have played up to both of their previous two games, and now they play down to their opponent in their third game. I think Notre Dame is a team that is not yet complete, and therefore I don't think that they're a real deal. Uh, I think they will struggle late in the season when some film has been established. Uh, I think really good teams will take advantage of Notre Dame late. I I think... I just think Notre Dame is a commodity football program at this point. They're they're good when they play good teams, and they're bad when they play bad teams. Yeah. And it's hard to watch football like that. They're like Texas. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's fitting the way their game ended a couple years ago. Yep. Um, Stanford takes on UC Davis 30-10. to 10. I don't know what the spread was on this, but I don't think they covered. Yeah, uh, the Bryce probably Love not. Out, out for this game, by the way. Um but they've got a tough one up against Oregon that we'll talk about later. Washington beats Utah on the road 21-7. to I'm a little surprised it was as boring and as big of a margin of victory as it was. I thought Utah was going to hang in there a lot more against Washington, but Washington, I mean, minus the loss to Auburn, has been a solid football team so far this year. Yeah, um, th- this this game to me says a lot more about Washington than it does about Utah. Utah is a tough place to play, and I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. So, yeah. uh, good on Washington for going on the road and handling business. Uh, Kent State gets their ass whooped by Penn State, 63-10. to Probably not a ton to talk about here. Kent State is not very good. The only thing is that Trace McSorley is just trying to statistically work himself into a Heisman candidacy. Good for him. Uh, Mississippi State waxes friend of the podcast Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns 56 to 10 seems like uh, Joe Moorhead Mississippi State has this thing going in the right direction yeah it looks like it um, back to the old Dak Prescott days it looks like I mean geez Louise, that's a that's a waxing right there uh, this was an exciting game. Number 17, Boise State travels to Stillwater to take on number 24, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State takes care of business at home, though. 24-21. Yeah. to 21. Only to find themselves getting embarrassed on the road. Uh, Boise State was in it for a little while, but my goodness, Oklahoma State looks legit. Yeah, They looked fantastic in this game. If- Block punt, 
they played well on offense and defense. Got some special teams plays. I mean, they just looked great at home. I mean, I think they'll struggle on the road. That you're definitely not going to see an Oklahoma State team like that on the road. But I think if you're producing like that at home, you can do big things on the road. So they're they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Yeah, I think if we had questions about Oklahoma State, they were answered this week. Um, shame on us for for doubt uh, for doubting the mullet. And a uh, you never doubt a mullet. Yeah, never. I'll tell you what. Uh, Michigan Wax is L- uh, SMU 45-20. to 20. I don't think SMU is very good. It was way closer than that score line shows, really? though, for a long time. S- like You look at the halftime score, too. It's 21-7. SMU was in this game for a long time, and they didn't deserve to be, nor do they belong to be. But Michigan is just a bad team. Harbaugh is not that good of a coach. It's nor for is a he, while now. Nor is he a great recruiter. I've always been high the last year and a half on Michigan, but Harbaugh is not a good enough coach for this program. I agree. Oregon wins against San Jose State. This one was close, but I wonder if maybe Oregon is just playing with their food. It came back. Ooh. Excuse me. In the end, uh, a little garbage time, 10 points for San Jose State in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Oregon was in control early and got out to a lead and then just cruise control through the end. Miami gets a win on the road against Toledo, 49-24. Uh, this one, also not very close. Yeah, Rozier comes comes in for Miami, and he looks good. Um, this game was close for a long time. And then the fourth Kind of late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, Miami just took control of this game. I mean, it was it was close, and when I was watching college football Saturday morning, I started getting a couple upset alerts on Miami, and then sure enough, I start watching the game, and it's just a runaway. Miami just took over. Yeah, I had uh, I fell victim to my home dog, my home dog mentality. Had Toledo in this one, and was optimistic going into halftime and then yeah um then all that shit happened destroyed uh we're gonna talk usc texas in the texas 10 arizona state goes on the road and gets upset by san diego state has the herm edwards train kind of gotten to the speed we thought it should be i think they just they overlooked san diego state and they didn't need to there was no reason to and you know Going into halftime 14-14, you want your team to respond better than they did. Just an absolute shit show from Arizona State. Uh, A couple games that were canceled due to Hurricane Florence, which, of course, we are thinking about the folks out there in the coastal Carolina areas. Uh, Virginia Tech cancels a game with East Carolina. They get get away from a tough matchup against East Carolina. Absolutely. They get away with one there. Uh, West Virginia cancels their game with North Carolina State. And this is the biggest escape, I think. North Carolina uh, avoids getting embarrassed at home by UCF. Very true. Um, another couple, another couple of games of note from the weekend outside the top twenty-five. Troy goes into Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh goodness! And beats Nebraska at home. Scott Frost still looking for his first win of the season. Troy, 24, Nebraska, 19. Yeah, and it's not a good look for Nebraska. Um, I just don't think Scott Frost has what he needs to. And what sucks is Nebraska was a decent enough program before he got there. So why they took this step backwards against Troy and the way they started the year, I have no idea. I mean, it's reminiscent of another game we'll talk to talk about next. Syracuse, Florida State. Willie Taggart has no control at Florida State, and they're off to a one and two start. Their one win coming in a nobody team. Yes. I mean, oh, Willie it's, Taggart. It's embarrassing. Might be the worst coaching hire of the off season. Him, he ha- he has no control of this Florida State team. Jandre Francois is the most overrated quarterback in college football and nobody thinks he's any good like they are total garbage they look exactly like they looked last year Jimbo Fisher looks like the smartest guy in college football right now for leaving this dumpster fire oh absolutely I mean I think he caused part of that dumpster fire but 
that's a, another story for another time. Syracuse, though, big story, starting off three and zero. They're trying not to be a, just a basketball school, Ballad. Absolutely, they had a, a backup quarterback have to come in after a guy's whose name escapes me was hurt in the third quarter. Well, I feel like if you're a backup quarterback for Syracuse, you're pretty close to being a starter anyway. So, sure, like for like, for sure. Uh, Rutgers gets their ass whooped against Kansas. In my lock of the week, uh, Rutgers let me down. Uh, I mean, you could click on the box score ballad, but we shouldn't because I'll tell you what it'll tell you. Turnover city for Rutgers. They could not find a way to hold on to the football if their lives depended on it. 55-14, to 14, the Jayhawks putting together a winning streak in 2018. Two in a row. Crazy year. Hey, and they're above 500. Temple beats Maryland 35 to 14, which we would not normally talk about. Oh my Christ. But since Texas dropped their season opener to Maryland, this this has me real worried about the Longhorns. And they got waxed by Temple. Um, I don't know much about Temple, but I don't think they're very good, which makes me think that Maryland is very bad, which makes me think that Texas might be fucking terrible. I can tell you that it's Temple's only win on the season. <laughs> that is that is not encouraging. Uh, Tennessee only beats UTEP 24-0. to zero. That is not a good look for Tennessee. UTEP highly regarded in the college football world as the worst team in college football. Go Bobcats. Uh, Tennessee only being able to put up 24 points on UTEP is a real bad look at home, by the way. It isn't good. I'll tell you that much. Not good at all. Uh, Pittsburgh beats Georgia Tech 24-19. Good for Pitt. Bounce back after getting their shit wrecked by Penn State. Yeah. Uh, Duke beats Baylor. Not much to say about that, but we always like when Baylor loses. That's good. Um, any other games of the weekend that that you, that you uh, caught your eye? The only one I care about, Texas Tech going to Houston. or I'm sorry, hosting Houston and absolutely destroying them. Yeah, good job on... Huge uh, shootout. You know, this is a real bad spot for Houston coming off a big win over Arizona and then having to travel up to Lubbock. Dale poo-pooed my travel spot from driving from Lubbock to Houston. Um, or I should say Houston to Lubbock, but uh, good job on the uh, on quarterback Bowman from Grapevine High School uh, making a, a big win over the Cougars. Sorry, I got to talk about this game. North Texas waxes Arkansas... Oh on the road, 44-17. to 17. If you're a Razorback fan, how do you not leave this game before halftime? Oh, you absolutely left it. And you left, if you hadn't left then, you definitely left immediately when the, the fake fair catch punt return happened because that's embarrassing. We're going to get into that in front page news because oh, I have God. thoughts on that one. But I will say, I told everybody this was coming. If you go back to our not Texas Longhorns, Texas football talk, North Texas, I was really high on. They're coming out hot. They're a team to watch. They're fun. They're exciting. Very good. All right. Uh, what do you think? Should we go ahead and uh, take a little break? Uh, you know what? I think you're right. I'm getting a little hungry, so I'm thinking about some chicken wings. We might as well get those started and get into our break. Uh Man, what did y'all have last week for chicken? Did y'all have chicken wings? Last, last week, week you did not have chicken wings. Last week I went to H E B. They didn't have the wing, uh, the wing flappers. They all had drums. So I said H E B. Better figure it out. <laughs> and we, I went on a wing uh, boycott. But this week they had them. So you and I are going to enjoy some wings tonight. Alrighty. And well, you get the guess is yours. I feel like we figured Chad wasn't coming. I'm going Classic Buffalo. Classic Buffalo. Great guess. See what happens. Gotta tune in and find out, though. We'll be yeah. right back. With some well, more sports y'all come back now, you hear? If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cask is closed. Rap critics says money cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? Oh, welcome back to the sports buzz. Uh, coming out of break, we got breaking news. Uh, our show bet has hit ballot. 
Yeah, it has. So in the top of the ninth, and just to to break this down for you, Ballard, we had seven runs. We were looking for nine to hit our eight and a half over. Uh, Munoz singled for the Cardinals to lead it off. And then we had a line out. And then O'Neal came up to bat. Doubles to left field. Munoz scores on the double. Uh, with DeJong striking out, we had two outs in the inning. Things were looking gloomy for us. Uh, but then Ozuna singled the deep right, and O'Neal scored and hit our nine. Ballad, we got another winner. Another winner. Uh, but now we got to talk some Texas 10. Uh, we talked to the rest of college football. But now it's, talked, it's time to talk about the important stuff. Texas football. Absolutely. Texas gets a win at home against USC. Everyone knows that already. Uh, Dale obviously wanted to be here tonight, but he's he's very tired. His work exhaustion got the best of him. Uh, uh, so, But he did request that he could call him for Texas 10. Uh, but we feel like Dale needs a, a little bit of punishment for not being here. So, so we're going to play a little prank. Play a little prank on him, and, and then we're going to bring him back in. See so what happens. We're going to get Dale on the phone right now. All righty. He has no idea. Hey, Dale. Thanks for calling in the Sports Buzz. What's going on? Not much, fellas. How are y'all? Doing good. We are coming up on the end of Texas 10, but we wanted to give you a call and get your thoughts on the game. Well, uh, it was definitely an improvement from last week. Uh, Obviously, you guys heard me rant and... Uh, wow, we are coming up on the end of Texas 10. Thank you, Dale, for calling into the Sports Buzz. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Yeah, fuck you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dale, we're just getting we're just getting started. Tell us about the football game. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was there was a lot of a lot much improve, a lot of, a lot of improvement. Um, a lot of things I saw better. Um, hey Dale, Dale, you know our show's in English, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm okay, trying. all right, all right. I just want to make sure. Sorry, I just had a peanut butter cracker. Uh, <laughs> you sound like you got peanut, peanut butter, butter stuck at the roof of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, they finally gave Sam Ellinger uh, the the play calling to throw it downfield. Um, we saw some stuff we haven't seen the first two weeks, and maybe they've been saving it, but. You know, when when you're losing a football game, I don't know why you save those plays uh, because it looked like a totally different football team. The defense looked a hell of a lot better, and they, you know, they, they made USC look like a really bad football team, which I think they probably are at this point. Um, but yeah, man, it was uh, it was a good Saturday night. I definitely didn't go to bed upset, <laughs> thanks to uh, finally a decent Longhorn win. Uh, I mean, hope you guys felt the same way. Well, you're talking about that defense, Dale, and I think the defense uh, dramatically improved not only from the first couple games, but in this game itself from the first half to the second half. Uh, they sure. got gashed up the middle early on, but they definitely held strong late in the game. Um, a big thing, though, that's going to be coming up, especially with the game against TCU, uh, no B.J. Foster for the first half against TCU for the targeting penalty and no Malcolm Roach for quite a while uh, after finding the news that he fractured his foot. How do you think that's really going to impact this team as we move forward, being that our defense is probably the biggest question mark? Well, um, you, you, said, you said it's not that you know, they sealed up the middle, and that was the one thing early on that I didn't want to see was USC beating us on the ground. Um, the, the first rushing touchdown – you know, that was the first thing I said was, you can't let USC beat you on the ground. you got to make this freshman quarterback throw it. Um, you're right. They sealed all that up. They figured that out. And B.J. Foster, a guy who freshman, has been playing absolutely phenomenal the first three weeks. Um, that's going to be a tough loss for the first half. But uh, having your senior leader in the middle of the field, Malcolm Roach, that sucks. Uh, it's, uh, it really does suck. But you got to go next guy up. And same with the secondary, you got to go next guy up. Um, you know, I know that these guys have been competing for a while, which is why B.J. Foster um, and Caden Stearns won starting jobs in 
in that secondary. Uh, these guys have been competing, so uh, the next guy's got to show up and just got to fill that role. And, I, I you know, TCU's a good team. Uh, I'm definitely worried about it, missing two of the best defenders on the field for sure. I mean, I can't lie about that. You know, watching this, this game, I kind of got the same feeling that I got after the the Texas win over Notre Dame in Austin. Uh, everyone at Texas was excited about that win. We thought this was the Texas back game. And then we found out later in the season that Notre Dame was not the team we thought they were. And in fact, that they were a, a team that is not very good at all. Uh, you know, Maybe one of the worst teams in college football. I look at this USC team, a team that needed a fourth quarter to put the stomping on UNLV a team that could only score three points against Stanford. I don't think that USC is very good this year, and I'm really worried about the uh, self-esteem that this builds for a Texas team going into a game against CCU that might not be very well-deserved. I think when we look back at the season, we're going to think that USC uh, was way overrated going into the season and that Texas took advantage of a very young quarterback in a really bad road spot coming off of a travel to Stanford, a team that is very physical and, you know, for lack of better terms, put the hurting on USC the week before. So, uh, Dale, your thoughts on, you know, what is Texas, how did they stay humble after a win in the offseason was hyped up to be one of the biggest games of the year? I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, I don't think USC is very good, uh, and I've heard it from several people. But at the time, it's a big win. Um, it's a it's a win over a ranked opponent, um, a win by multiple touchdowns, and a win in front of a very excited crowd. And that's only going to transfer over until next week. And that's all I can hope is that that crowd is twice as loud next week against TCU, a team that uh, an educated Longhorn football fan should know is going to be good regardless of their ranking every single year. Um, all I can hope is that the guys on the team, you know, have a little bit more confidence in their abilities because of the plays that were made this week. And the coaches have a little bit more confidence in the play calling that they made this week because that was a huge improvement. Um, and that place is going to be rocking again. It's going to be loud. It's, I mean, I haven't seen it the first two home games like that in a long time. So um, I look for that to continue, and I hope that the confidence level with players and coaches continues because the play calling was my biggest upside of the weekend because it's, it was totally different from the first two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you know, any confidence is good confidence, whether it be on the backs of false opponents or not. I, I, you know, I think this Texas team just needs to start racking up wins. Uh, two in a row is a good start. Uh, we got tough opponents coming up on the schedule, but that's nothing new. We always knew the Big 12 was going to be tough for us. So I think looking forward, this Texas team should be more and more excited. It looks like Sam Ellinger is really kind of coming into his own comfort with the offense. Um, and I think, I think as soon as he becomes fully comfortable and can start checking at the line of scrimmage and really understand the offense, I think he only becomes a better quarterback and Texas will only benefit from that. Um, I think, I, I think the talent at Texas right now is really masking a lot of coaching problems that we have. Um, and I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to note moving forward is that this coaching staff is not the greatest coaching staff. And offensively, no. Tim Beck is average at best. Um, I'll be real interested to see kind of how it ends. Todd Orlando's defense is made to be put quarterbacks in the pocket and get pressure. Um, we'll see. He'll have an opportunity really aside from Kyler Murray. That's the only real dual threat quarterback. Uh, that I think Texas will really have to worry about. So I think Todd Orlando and this defense is set up for a good a good run ahead. But the coaching staff is definitely uh, 
benefiting from the the talent level at Texas right now. No, I totally agree, and I, I think that the coaching staff, along with the players, need to go into this next week with that confidence level. Um, the play calling, I felt, was tremendous, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the offense was a huge change, so they got to keep they got to continue rolling with what they're what they're going with, and you know, keep being innovative and, and changing things up because this was a totally different week as far as the plays I saw and then the effort that I saw on the field. Well, as always, we've gone over our ten minutes for our Texas ten. Dale, thanks for taking time to call in. Uh, we know you're you're real tired, so we we hope you get well rested and can join us uh, next Tuesday for our 100th episode. Uh, not sure if you were tracking that or not. Next week is 100, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, newsflash. Um, you missed uh, the 99 Problems episode, but uh, hopefully oh hopefully, God. hopefully, you won't be, uh, you won't have any more problems uh, next week and, and <laughs> can join us. I've got more minutes if y'all want to make some picks. Uh, not really part of the show that we're at, and we're, uh, we're up on Texas 10, so we're going to let you go, Dale, but we will see you no, next Tuesday. Uh, gather that you have rested up. Uh, should be good next week. I'll see you all next week, boys. Adios. All righty. And that was Texas 10 with Dale. Thanks, Dale, for calling in. You know, for a guy who's, you know, so tired, he's up very late. You know, if I was tired, he's, I'd be asleep by now. He sounded pretty alert. He sounded like he had been shot out of a cannon. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's what Texas football will do to you. Uh, <laughs> let's get into Chad's favorite segment. Should we call Chad? No, we won't. Uh, we'll do our front page news without him. <laughs> and front page news this week, I want to start in Purdue. A Purdue student made a sign making fun of Missouri uh, quarterback Drew Locke. And Drew Locke stole that sign at the end of a game. Is this awesome or is this fantastic? Uh, I got a couple, couple things about this. Uh, the fact that the student whose sign was stolen took to Reddit to have the Reddit community support him was fantastic. Of course. Uh, but Drew Locke stealing a sign on the road. I'm good with it. That's fantastic. If you're going to be a badass, you have to embrace the evilness inside. Stealing signs is what it's all about. I mean, that's just that's just good. That's just good villainy right there. Yeah, I love that Drew Locke owned this one and talked about it in the press conference. <laughs> Uh, like Coach referenced, uh, one of the top things on Reddit right now in the college football realms. Go find this story. It's worth looking up. Uh, moving on, Kansas currently leading the nation in turnover margin. Yeah. In ba- in football. I fucking told you because they had like 30 turnovers that they got against Rutgers because Rutgers did not know that to play football and win, you have to actually hold on to the football. Uh, University of Wisconsin Madison Chancellor said the school would consider pulling out of the NCAA altogether and dropping intercollegiate sports if student athletes were to be paid. Does this, if you're if you're a high school athlete, what does this do to your to if, your if you're any do, do you want to play for Wisconsin after hearing this? If you're any prospective student to the University of Wisconsin you start rethinking your idea of going there. Absolutely. That is disgusting to say that, oh, if if the embodiment of our collegiate athletes decides, you know what, it is fair that we start providing our student athletes with a little something extra for all their time that they put into being student athletes. You know what? Fuck that. That that's the worst thing that you could say as a school. I mean, that just tells you that the school doesn't care about its students. So, as any student, why would you want to go there? And and by the way, that's a bad look. It's, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Like, why do you? It's go, not even a real talking point. Like, why do you come out and say that? It's almost like the NCAA has something on Wisconsin, and they're like, "Look, we know that you did X, Y, Z." We need you to come out and just say this, just to give us some good PR for a little bit. I just don't understand why Wisconsin would take the time to make this a public statement. Yeah, why go out of the way to make yourself a villain? Moving on, Georgia State's ticket office released a promo code to allow you to get two free tickets to any game on their schedule. 
Georgia Southern fans caught wind of this promo code and began began claiming all the seats for free. <laughs> Panthers realized what happened and avoided all tickets that were claimed. What a great move for an in-state rival. Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. I have been a part of such a scam as well. Uh, man, I can't even remember the school. Some university bookstore had a promotion code for uh, free beats with nice. with some... It was either like a, like an actual laptop or software purchase uh, from their bookstore, but the promo code worked without it, and so you could just get free headphones and purchase them. Nice. Uh, and so after like, I don't know, maybe like 18 hours of this happening to them, they finally figured out what was going on and voided all headphone-only sales. Yeah, you got to lock down those promo codes. Yeah. Hey, free advice. Gotta get, you gotta you gotta be better. You gotta be better. Uh, we talked about this in the beginning of the amateur hour, but in the North Texas Arkansas game, North Texas pulled off a fake fair catch. Now there are reports that the NCAA is considering getting rid of this rule for to protect player safety. Rules are rules. What do you think about that? I think that's absolute bullshit. What what player safety are they getting rid of? N- these guys are not getting hit in the first place, which is why it works. That's the so whole they, point. They, it's it's a like it's catching it and then just not going anywhere. It's it's simple misdirection. Like so the what, fear, what are you saying? We should get rid of magic? Come on. So to play devil's advocate, the fear is that who he just gets blown up out of stupidity. Yeah, he deserves that. Honestly, well, the, the the fear is that that player does deserve it for having the balls to pull that kind of playoff. The fear from the NCAA <laughs> is that the players who do call fair catches but don't make them Start too obvious will just get blown up. <laughs> and I believe that you saw this. I can't remember the, um, you know, I think I saw it in the comments of this. But man, I feel like was- this already happens though. As it is, like some people call fair catch. Some defenders just don't see it. They don't want to see it, and they come flying in. The number two comment on this post. It happened before. Someone tried something similar against LSU, and Les Miles told his special teams not to fall for it again. So the next time there was a fair catch, the poor kid got obliterated. <laughs> see, so, like, that's... Credit a team, not B team on Reddit. I, I mean, that happened, like, it's going to happen either way. Like, there's no protecting that. Because if you don't see the fair catch, you just don't see it. It's not like the referee is behind him waving a fair catch to continue to show people that that's what's happening. So unless you change what that back judge does as he's watching a fair catch receiver, you're not going to fix the rule. And it doesn't matter. People are going to blow up whoever they want to blow up. That's the whole point of that play. Agreed. So that was front page news. Let's go ahead and move into... First impressions, college football style. Style. Let's do a rapid fire style. Uh, Texas A&M is going to travel to Tuscaloosa to take on Bama. This one opened around twenty three and a half. Now Bama favored by twenty seven. <sighs> Ooh, is that enough? It's in Tuscaloosa. In Tuscaloosa. Yeah, give me the Aggies on the road. Oh man, I'll take Bama in this one all day. Twenty seven. I just don't think there's enough points that you can give Bama. I but see, I don't think there's enough points you can give Bama in every game. That's you what I'm you know what I mean? But I, hey, twenty seven is a lot. A and M has done crazier things, and I agree with that. And maybe Jimbo Fisher is the difference in this type of matchup. But I just can't bet against Bama. The number can't get big enough. I mean. Ole Miss isn't that great, but the score was like a margin of plus 50. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad look for Ole Miss. True. But Mississippi is not Texas. Uh, staying in the SEC, South Carolina traveling to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt, where Vanderbilt is a two-point home dog. You know I love a home dog. But in this one, I got to take South Carolina. I think that Vandy is getting some hype after keeping it close against Notre Dame. And you already know that I don't think Notre Dame is very good. So uh, give me South Carolina here. I'll lay the points on the road. I think Vandy is getting some hype, and I think South Carolina is not getting the credit they deserve. I'm going to take South Carolina as well. Here we go. 
Um, this one on Friday night, so you know I'm going to be watching and most likely betting it. FAU travels to UCF. Lane Kiffin going to Scott Frost's own home. Uh, UCF, former national champions, laying 13 and a half at home. Coach, what is your first impression? Defending national champions, and Lane Kiffin can't seem to figure out how to stay close into a game yet. I'm going with the defending Golden Knights. I'll tell you what, I really, really want to take FAU here. And if a 14 or a 14 and a half pops up, I might have to. But I just can't trust Lane Kiffin uh, to cover less than two or more than two touchdowns. He yeah. he always finds a way to fuck these things up. And I think UCF is really, really talented. So unless it gets to over two touchdowns, I'm going to have to side with UCF here as well. Uh, also Friday night, Washington State's going to travel to Southern California to take on the Trojans who are coming off of two losses. But still, Trojans, a three and a half win favorite at home. You say Washington State? Yeah, traveling to USC. Um, I guess I have the first pick here. I'd like Washington State here. Um, I saw some ridiculous statistic about weeks three through five and teams that blah, 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 blah. But apparently road dogs are doing well this time of year historically. And again, I don't think Washington, uh, USC is very good. I am adjusting what I thought about Washington State and Mike Leach. I'm okay saying I was wrong there. I think Washington State gets a home, or I'm sorry, a road upset. I'm going to take a USC at home. I think that you know two tough road challenges uh, really tested them. They they've got something to look at when they go home. Uh, playing at home is always different. I'm going to go with USC at home. Here we go. Uh, let's go to the Big 12, where Texas Tech is going to travel to Stillwater to take okay. on Oklahoma State, coming off a big win against Boise State. Oklahoma State going to lay 13 points here against the Red Raiders. Ooh. I don't know if that's enough. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma State then because Oklahoma State looked good against a pretty good, decent BY, uh, Boise State team. Uh, Texas Tech had to just out-muscle Houston and got waxed by Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has shown us they're not a great football team. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. I agree with everything you just said. But I'm going to take Texas Tech here. I think this game is going to get kind of shootouty, And in a game where teams are trading points, I will take a plus 13. I'm not sure that Texas Tech can win this game, but if they can get into a shootout with Oklahoma State where teams are scoring back and forth, it's fast-paced, I just think 13 points is way too many, even to, for a road team here. Um, I like the over in this game. I uh, want to see what that line comes out to, but uh, give me Texas Tech. I'll take the points. All right. All right. Uh, this one's for Uncle Tom. New Mexico State is traveling to UTEP. Uh, R.I.P. Grandma. Uh, UTEP is not very good, but they're only a four-point dog to New Mexico State at home. I'm still going to take New Mexico State here. Uh, UTEP is the worst team in college football, and I think New Mexico State uh, finds a win on the road. Um, for those who don't know, Las Cruces is only about an hour away from UTEP, so um, not a bad travel spot. I'll take I'll take the New Mexico State Aggies. Yeah, but you've had such bad luck going with New Mexico State that I'm not even going to try and touch that, so I'm going UTEP with this one. Here we go, UTEP finding their... Do you think they win this game, or do you think they lose by three? I think they keep it close. I think they find a win. Let's go Miners. Go Miners. Stanford going to travel to Eugene, Oregon over the weekend. Oregon opened as a two-point favorite. Now they're a two-point dog. What's your first impression on this Pac-12 matchup? Who are they playing? Stanford. And Oregon opened as a favorite? Two-point favorite. Now a two-point dog. Yeah, I don't like that either way. I think Stanford's going to win this one pretty decently. I'm going to go with Stanford on the road. This is where we differ. I called it out on my Big 12 preview. I think this is a really great spot for Oregon. Pac-12 preview? Pac-12 preview. What did I say? Big 12. I'll drink for that one. Oregon, a home dog. You know I got to take it. I'd love to see a three, but I'll take it at two. Oregon wins outright here. Oh. Let's go to the Big 10 where Wisconsin is going to take on 
Iowa. Iowa, a three-point home dog after Wisconsin and an upsetting loss to TCU. Um, I guess I have the first pick here, so I think Wisconsin bounces back. I think their mind is in the right place after getting beat by BYU. Iowa, a tough place to play, and Iowa might be another Spider-Man mean uh, to Wisconsin, but I think that Wisconsin uh, finds a way to, to get a comfortable win here. Give me the batters by 10. Oh, this is a tough one. I saw this coming with the BYU game. And I knew I was, was going to take care of business against in-state rival Iowa State. But I think the Badgers are going to be pissed off coming off that loss against BYU. Give me the Badgers. Last game of the night, Texas State taking on the Roadrunners, UTSA, the I-35 rivalry. This one is going to be played in San Antonio. And UTSA is a 7.5-point favorite. Coach, what's your first impression? Uh, Texas State can't find a way to actually hold on to shit, so I'm going with the uh, the old powerhouse of San Antonio, the Roadrunners. For the sake of parity and loyalty to the alumni, <laughs> I'll take Texas State to cover here. Okay. Um, last game of the night, TCU is coming to Austin this weekend to take on Texas. TCU coming off a loss to Ohio State. Texas coming off an exciting win against USC. Texas is laying is uh, I'm sorry three and a half point dog in this game, and to be honest, I don't think it's enough. I think TCU uh, has their way with Texas. I I I hate to be pessimistic about it, but uh, I think Gary Patterson's a really good coach and finds a way to have his team bounce back in a way that you know seals them a home victory. Uh, I think it's close. I think it's by a touchdown, but. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to lay the points here with the Horn Frogs. Uh, yeah, I really don't want to pick Texas just to not jinx them. Uh, this well, you're ho- not Dale, so that's this okay. host seat tends to have a bad juju on it. Um, for parity's sake, I'll go ahead and take Texas. I, I think Texas can win this outright. Um, three and a half points is only better for me, so I'll, I'll take it, but. I think this will be a close game, and it's going to come down to who makes mistakes. TCU is a very young quarterback. They they have a lot of potential to make mistakes on offense. Uh, Texas is a little roughed up on defense. They're young on offense, but they have the potential to be really good. Um, I think those combinations make for a game that's really uncertain. I think it can hang around, be a weird, sloppy game, and I think Texas finds a way to pull this one off. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns and uh, hope for a win at home this weekend. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for you to be right. That's a game I'm fine being on the wrong side of. Uh, that was First Impressions. And real quick, let's get into a nightcap sponsored by Strangeland. All right. Uh, I have this as a TBD, and I found out what I want to talk about because we didn't get to talk about the Bobcats' loss to South Alabama in our Week 3 recap. Uh, This is a bad loss for Texas State, and not bad in the way that most Texas State losses are where we get smoked throughout the entire game and we don't cover. Uh, This is a game where we were winning one point, 17-3, 17 to 3 and then again 24 to 10. So winning by 14 know, 14 multiple times in this game and somehow the Bobcats find a way to lose on the road by and, 10 by 10. A 24 point swing. 24 point swing. We go into the uh, go into halftime 24-16 up and the the second half of the game is classic Bobcats. You know, we both score touchdowns in the third quarter, or yeah, the third quarter and in the fourth. U.S. Uh, South Alabama hangs eighteen on us, and I'll tell you where those eighteen points came from. First, we throw a pick six. Uh, then we miss a field goal, which results in a field goal for South Alabama. We punt on the next two possessions. And then we throw an interception that uh, results in a touchdown for uh, for the South Alabama Jaguars. Texas State's been waxed a lot, and I'm used to that and fine with it, but this one hurt. You know, watching this game on my phone, knowing that we had a chance to win multiple times, it, it just felt wrong. 
It was wrong, Ballad. It was so wrong that it was just wrong. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, <laughs> they have a decent running game. Willie Jones is a decent quarterback. Like, they they have pieces, and they just get outplayed every single game. I don't know if it comes down to coaching because I honestly don't give a shit enough to, like, tune into these games because it's just disappointment that I know is going to be met with, and, and I can't – I just can't deal with that. I know. I want the Bobcats to be good. And I just want them to be mediocre at yeah. best. I just want to be competitive in the Sun Belt because once we're competitive in the Sun Belt, we can make moves toward being competitive in bigger conferences, but we have to do it at the level we're at now. And these types of, of win or losses are not going to get it done. So um, I hope they turn around for, against, uh, for their matchup against UTSA, but Bobcats, shame on you. You guys got to find a way to win those types of games on the road. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it's been a fun 99 episodes. Uh, we've had quite a few problems along the way. Many. Uh, but this podcast has definitely not been one. It has been the one bright spot in my weekly routine. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Next week we will have episode 100. Yeah, we will. We will hit our century mark uh, for the sports buzz, which will be a big deal. So hopefully we'll have everyone in studio. It should be a good time. Um, I can't say that. Fun will be had by all. I can guarantee that. Uh, but for Domingo the Flamingo, our brilliant specialist, Lana the Hamster. Thank you both for being here. Our producer, Ballad. I'm your host, Coach. And it has been my pleasure to bring you another episode of the Sports Bus. We are out! This Peace. party is officially over. Over.